You're listening to a Ford Strike production. Board. I'm Aoife, and I use she/her pronouns. In this podcast, I will be interviewing members of the garages about their songs, the creation process, and possible inspirations. My guest for this episode is Garages band member Tegan Eden. Thanks for coming on, Tegan. Can you tell us your pronouns, blood type, and what song you'll be talking about with us today? Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, my pronouns are fluid, so they/them is always correct. Uh, my blood type is Oh No. And today I'll be talking about Into the Shadows off of Encore. Fantastic. So first up, a couple of questions we ask everybody. How did you get into baseball? When and why did you join the garages in particular? Um, I was introduced to baseball via the Waypoint podcast. They just like talked about it one day and I was like, sure, I'll give that a shot. I picked the garages because I live in the Pacific Northwest and I wanted to like represent a Pacific Northwest team. And I joined in like season two. So this was like before the garages had a lot of music around. And I think that if I had seen all the music, I would have been too intimidated to join the garages. So I'm glad I joined when I did. Yeah, it's certainly very intimidating as a new member of the band. So outside of the garages, what's your musical background? Uh, I grew up in like my family was super involved in community theater and like church worship teams and drama clubs and stuff like that. So like performance was a huge part of my upbringing. I've been singing for as long as I can remember. And then in high school is when I really came into my own and got a guitar and played every single high school talent show and always did weird emo covers and hardly ever wrote original music but that was my beginning was like the one weird queer kid in school with a guitar (laughs) i very much support that (laughs) with the garages you've been with them since the very first release why did you want to talk about this song in particular part of the reason why i suggested talking about into the shadows was because it was a song that wrote itself i feel like a lot of the music that I make is a trial to like get it out there and I basically wrote Into the Shadows over the course of like a day and that never happens for me so I figured it would be a cool one to celebrate. Why do you think that it happened that quickly in particular for this song? Um, hmm. According to my like internal save files I basically wrote it all on Sunday, September 20th. And that was exactly a week after Mike Townsend got shadowed. So I think that I had just like spent a week thinking about like, like there was a lot of discussion in the discord about like Mike going into the shadows and like what that looked like and what that meant. And so it was just like, like weighed heavy on me. And I think that it was just one of those things where I like put some music down and then just started to sing. And it was like, oh, this is a whole ass song. Like, dang. (laughs) 
think I was just like in my feelings all week and then it all came out on Sunday. That's really interesting because a lot of a lot of people have been talking on this podcast about how their creative process is different in the garages than it is with most of their music. Mm, yeah. So for this particular song, what were your inspirations? With this one, I didn't actually have, I like didn't set out with like specific inspirations for like a lot of the songs I do. I'm like, you know, okay, I want it to sort of have this vibe or like, oh, I heard this cool drum beat. How can I put that into my music? So I think this one, there's like less like particular songs that I can point to and more just like general vibes. I feel like I have to mention Julian Baker, who's like a sad queer who does a lot of like guitar and a looper pedal. And that's like her setup. And that was basically what this song was, is like me with my guitar and a single little box that just like looped the same thing over and over again. There's an artist named Hawks, H-A-U-X, and a lot of his stuff is very like one or two instruments and ethereal vocals, and he does a cover of Daughter's Youth that I probably listen to once a week. (laughs) I'm sure that I listen to this song often enough that it's like in my subconscious now, so I would say that I gotta mention those artists. This song in particular tells a story that a lot of Garage's songs touch on. Blazeball has very little that is actually canon. What's your version of the necromancy tale for yourself? For like the necromancy in general, I try to leave it sort of vague. I think it's more interesting for like me to view myself as like a fan in the stand seeing something weird happen on the pitch and not understanding what's happening. But the thing that really stuck with me about Mike being sent to the shadows was we were talking in Discord about like, okay, what does that look like? Can he still be around? And I don't remember how it got brought up, but people were talking about like, what if there are like rumors that he's still around, but nobody can guarantee it. I really like the idea of Mike being unaware that people don't remember him or this sort of like weird disconnect of like, ah, he's around somewhere, but I haven't seen him in a hot minute or I know. And just people like looking past him. And I think for me, that's like the most important part about Mike being shadowed is that he's like kind of stuck in between planes kind of for me what makes baseball really interesting is that there is like no set canon as we said and basically y'all were able to basically decide this is what i think happens and i would love to see how other teams approach their lore and like what they consider canon or or whether or not stuff is canon because the garage is we want everyone to like feel represented and be happy and i just like Sometimes that makes it hard to reach consensus. So I just, I would love to be a fly on the wall for another team one day. (laughs) Into the Shadows predominantly features the use of tremolo. Can you explain what that is for our audience and why you chose to use it in this particular piece? Tremolo is basically, I think that it started in like the 1600s or something as a way to notate for orchestras, like the volume varies. So it gets louder and quieter. I use a particular pedal that does that automatically. I can set the speed at which it switches from like lower to higher volume. Some common examples that people might know that they might recognize tremolo from is like the Smiths, How Soon Is Now? Or like Green Day's Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Like those are songs that like, as soon as you hear it, it's like, oh, there's tremolo in this because it's like sort of a wash and a back and forth and an in and out. And that's sort of like the immaterialness of tremolo felt perfect for this situation. 
there's a tremendous amount of motion in Into the Shadows. It's a very dark and a very melancholy piece. Where did that come from? Well, 2020 has been a year. (laughs) I have always really struggled with the bigger the crowd I'm in, the more alone I feel. And I think between being involved in something as it was like super growing and also feeling super isolated from the people in my life, which again is like safe and I'm, it's the right choice, but it's, it just feeling really isolated. And also that moment of wondering like, do my friends miss me? Do they think about me? You know, I was like processing internally, but wasn't like, I wasn't having like deep thoughts at night about like, why do I feel alone? And it just was one of those things that has had been like sort of an undercurrent, I think. And it just so happened when I started to like sing the line, what else can you do when all your friends look through you? Who hasn't been at like a crowded table with a large group of friends and spoken up and had nobody notice? So I was just like channeling a lot of that like sort of emotional turmoil that comes with having a lot of friends and not being able to see them, I guess. Yeah, I definitely understand that as another person who's going through COVID right now. I'm actually, for the folks at home, I'm recording this from quarantine, um, which is fun. Yikes. I'm doing fine. None of y'all need to worry about me. But I really understand that because the character of Mike, to me, is very much someone who, like, is intensely self-conscious of his friends' opinions and mm, what they think of him. Yeah. And rightfully so, because The Garages made three songs about it. Well, actually now five. But the character is someone who very much a person coming to terms with the fact that the people who say they care about them only care about them because of the fact that, you know, they're a good player at baseball, and the second they're not, everything goes away. Yeah. My um, personal headcanon for Mike, because he's gone back in the shadows again, is that he came back for a season and was like, actually, y'all are jerks. I was happier being a baker. I'll see y'all later. Mike has all of these feelings that we all struggle with on a daily basis, especially as artists, people who make art. It's scary to wonder if your art wasn't good, would they care about you? If you become washed up, like, is everyone going to leave you? And I think that's a struggle that a lot of artists face with. And I think that's why Mike has been so prominent in the story of the garages. Yeah. And not to get like too real, but I feel that deeply because we were putting out like an, uh, an album a week for a hot minute there. And I felt so much pressure to be on every single one. And when I finally let go of that, like, they will forget about me if I'm not on this next one, I was so much happier making music. It was so much easier to, like, not have to make music. It was way more fun when I was, like, inspired. And I'm really glad that, like, A, there are 20-plus people, so there are plenty of songs out there. Um, But also that I, like, gave myself permission to let that go a little bit. It was great. So, I don't know. Artists out there, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. So of the song as a whole, what what's your favorite part? What are you most proud of? I think one of the things I'm most proud of is that it wasn't hard to write. <laughs> but also there's like a sort of lead line that goes over the top um, that when I first released it, people were like, is that a cello?
And it was just like me putting my guitar through a ton of effects and like playing it weirdly softly and ramping up and stuff like that. But the fact that I just was like noodling around and people were like, whoa, a cello. And I was like, ooh, I tricked people. That's great. So I was really proud of the tone that I was able to achieve with that. That was pretty cool. I never would have guessed that that was a guitar, actually. Um, so you kind of blew my mind there. <laughs> nice. Um, Mission successful. <laughs> you talked a little bit about this, but what has the community reaction been like for this song? Encore might have been the first album we did like a lyric video release for. And it just so happened that that Friday afternoon, my nobody I work with is allowed to listen to this podcast now. My boss went home early, so I got my phone out and I was, I was able to like watch the chat actually, which was like really exciting and cool and people just being like, oh, wow, look, like Tegan's putting music out. That's so exciting. But I think the moment that like really messed me up, like in a great way, was when the Eternal band started playing on the Discord. And I just so happened to like, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm so excited to like, and I hopped in and like minutes after I joined, they played Into the Shadows. And it was like so surreal to have like, I don't even know how many people just like listening and enjoying it. And chat was like full of candles. Everybody was like posting emoji candles and just like having this moment of like, oh, everybody come together and raise your lighters. And it like, it it felt so much like a performance to me in that moment, even though I was like sitting on my, at my computer doing just like watching chat, like tears in my eyes. But it was just like so cool that people were like, yeah, this is one of those songs you get your lighter out to. And I was like, all right, cool. Thanks, y'all. That's real sweet. So lastly, outside of your own work, what do you think is the most underrated song by the Garages? Um, I personally think that Yana's song Lottery Pick I think that's on in the reverb has such a great rhythm and such a great tone and I just like want a whole rock anthem that's like six minutes of that Oh the rights are sealed The pentagram's been drawn We've got her in our sights now Idolatry's gone I don't know, maybe one day when I have time, I will do an epic cover of that one because I definitely think that that is just one of those songs that I can't help but sing along to. Thank you so much for joining us on Idleport, a podcast where we interview members of the Garages, an anarcho-syndicalist baseball band from the fictional location of Seattle. We make songs about being gay, the apocalypse, and fighting the gods. And you can find our music at blandcamp.com with an L. Spotify, or on YouTube. We'll see you next week. Now, here's Into the Shadows by Tegan of the Garages.
Board is edited by Ada Quinn, Bones, Jennifer Cat, Nerdy Sims, and Zachary. Hosted by Aoife, produced by Tangerine Velveteen, transcribed by Sigil Crafter Aya and Mary, and written by Aoife and Tangerine Velveteen. That was a four-strike production. <laughs>